Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a great show for you. We'll be talking about the 93rd Academy Awards, which are scheduled to be given out on April 25th. And two of our favorite film critics are here to share their predictions for the Oscar winners in key categories. Both Max Bates and Jeff Roberts have a deep interest in the Oscars, and they really know their movie stuff. Jeff has been a guest on a variety of Canadian and American radio and TV programs from 2006 to 2009, he was a guest on Daytime in Mississauga, Canada, giving his detailed perspective on the Academy Awards. Then from 2013 to 2014, he was the host of Front Row Center on Whistle Radio in Southville, Canada. Mac has written freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and served as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. He also received an Emmy for his work on the Robert and Rosie Show, and recently has been acting in stage and radio productions. So let's bring our guests on right now, starting with Mac Bates. Welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters, Mac. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Nikki. Uh, I'm doing great and uh, happy to be back. It's always uh, fun to be a part of the Oscar prediction uh, show every year. So, uh, yeah, really uh, looking forward to uh, dissecting uh, the nominees and the uh, top categories and finding out what but uh, my fellow uh, critic Jeff thanks too, as well as you, right? of course. <laughs> yes. It's always a pleasure to have you with us, Mac. And the same goes for Jeff. Thank you so much for agreeing to be one of our guests today. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing fine. I'm looking uh, ready to get it started. <laughs> good, good. Me too, me too. I'm super excited. So we're going we're gonna to start right now with the Best Actor nominees. I just wanted to say something a little bit a little um, before we started. This has been such a strange year, obviously, for obvious reasons, and how much I have missed going to the theater and even just um, this, the whole atmosphere of movies and everything has really pulled on my heart. So being able to be on the show and talk about movies again, finally, makes me so happy. So I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much. Oh, thank you All as right. well. I, yeah, feel the same way. <laughs> yep. So, um, so in the movie, so I personally have only seen one of the movies, so we will be, I mean, I'll be listening to you guys for all of the suggestions. I've only seen one so far, so we're going to move to the Best Actor nominee right now. Here are the five actors in contention. So it's Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Chadwick Boson for M.A. Rainey's Black Bottom, Gary Oldman for Mank, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, and Stephen Jung for Minari. So, all right, so which, who, who do you think, who do you like, Mac, and why? If you would share, please. Well, yeah, this one is one of the more stacked categories this year. Like, uh, most of them are stacked, but this one in particular, but the overwhelming uh, consensus is that uh, Chadwick Boseman 
the late uh, great Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman is going to uh, win Best Actor for his performance as Levy in uh, the Netflix uh, film adaptation of August Wilson's play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And he's been sweeping a lot of the precursors, certainly the Golden Globe. He just won the Screen Actors Guild Award. He won the Critics' Choice Award. He's won a litany of other uh, prizes, both for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as well as for his supporting turn in uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. I've uh, been going back and forth, getting honored uh, across the board, he, the NAACP Image Award. And it's one of those performances that you can't help but be moved by, even if you're not particularly fond of play-to-movie adaptations. What uh, director George C. Wolfe did with uh, August Wilson's, uh, you know, uh, play, one of his first plays in his 10-play uh, ten, uh, cycle, uh, it's, it's truly one of those uh, actor showcases and the fact that uh, Chadwick was able to do so much work when he was uh, sick, and uh, by the point, by the time he got to Mulready's Black Bottom, he was visibly, you know, not not in the uh, best shape. The fact that he was able to summon what he had to summon in that in that particular part, in that particular film, opposite such a heavyweight as Viola Davis, as well as um, members of the supporting cast. Uh, it, it's 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 one of those things where you know emotionally it it uh, it it certainly um, stays with you in a way that it probably wouldn't have otherwise. You know it's it's almost sad to say that you know him losing him so soon to pancreatic uh, 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 cancer at such a young age. He was just 43, still being him were the same age in the same age bracket. Mm-hmm. That that certainly you know uh, resonates. And and he he was an amazing actor. And he proved that time and time and time again, whether he got his his uh his flowers, you know, when he was with us or not. And and thankfully he did. And um in this instance it kinda rivals it actually does a kind of it exactly rivals what happened with Heath Ledger with the black uh, the Dark Knight rather in two thousand and eight and what happened with Peter Finch when he went best actor posthumously for network. And he will be the first actor since Peter Finch pulled off that uh that uh, that feat in uh 34 years no uh, 44 years rather 45 years actually and um no, i was right it was 44 because it's 76 2020 so 40, 44 years and um you know for that for that reason alone and and the fact his you know the depth of his talent and what he did with that part it was it was extraordinary and uh his closest competition in the category is without question sir anthony hopkins who is amazing as a man succumbing to Alzheimer's in the father opposite Olivia Coleman, who was also great as his daughter in that film. And I think in any other year, it would have been Hopkins. It would definitely have been Hopkins. I think this would have been uh, his, his, uh, his second Oscar to go along with the best actor Oscar he won in 1991 for his uh, movie stealing and career, career uh, defining performances, Dr. Anthony, uh, Dr. Uh, Hannibal Lecter rather in the silence of the lambs. So for me, uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, for that amazing uh, swan song of a performance and the fact that it was his last movie, it's you know breathtaking, breathtaking work, and it was a capper for a, a criminally uh, short career. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Are you in agreement with Mac, Jeff? Yes, I am with uh, Chadwick 
Bozeman. Now, if there's a central theme surrounding this year's Oscars, it's about films and or the people who are in them who are both bold and courageous. And Bozeman certainly uh, possessed both those qualities. He was an incredible actor, director, and playwright who, despite being terminally ill, kept working unbeknownst to anyone. Uh, and he never complained about it, but he instead put the focus on his and uh, other people's uh, work. Uh, never drawing attention to himself. Uh, he had tremendous character, visiting children suffering from cancer. He was quite the philanthropist. Um, in Ma Ra- Rainey's uh, Black Bottom, uh, his character is more or less a, a central figure who has a fa- fatal flaw and staunch determination to be noticed and have people do things his way, whereas Ma, Ma Rainey is used to doing it her way, being a legend like that. Uh, Bozeman's story in the picture is uh, is, is tragic in a and it's, his own story is both uh, beautiful and tragic as well, and it's his final screen performance that is really going to draw the audience in. I can't wait to see it. Thank you very much, both of you. For I appreciate that. All right, so let's go to the Best Actress nominees, and the five actresses or nominations are Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday. Frances McDormand for No Man Land, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman, and Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. So, Jeff, which of these women do you think will win? Which one do you think should win and why? Uh, Carrie Mulligan, and she should win. Uh, when you think of bold performances in films released in 2020, you need not look any further than her performance as Cassie in Promising Young Woman. Her character is once a promising medical student who had to drop out because her friend Nina was raped by a classmate, and the justice system as well as the university didn't believe uh, what had happened to her. Now, as a result of this, she begins luring young men who thinks that she's inebriated and bars into taking her home so she so they can have their way with her, but uh, she knows that she's fully sober and she's taking them to task. So um, that is definitely a very strong uh, performance. And uh, interesting fact about this is that uh, a critic for a Variety magazine named Dennis Harvey actually described her as being not hot enough to pull off the character's ruse, suggesting Margot Robbie was more attractive and suited for the role, forcing Variety to issue a traction of the piece and apologize to Mulligan. Uh, Mulligan likes these kind of parts because she never knows what to do with them and feels uh, challenged by them and uh, feeling daunted by them. And she said that's where she has the uh, the most fun when she's outside of her uh, control zone, or comfort zone, rather. Mm-hmm. So it's right, definitely Matt, a, a whale of a performance. Yeah. Did you have a second place runner-up that you liked for it? No, I'm going with Mulligan. <laughs> All right. All right. What about you, Mac? What's your take on this category? Who do you think will win and who do you think should win? Okay. Uh, I, I, before I get to that, I just want to touch base on what he said about Dennis Harvey and Variety. I completely uh, concur with everything Jeff just said. It was uh, completely out of line. Uh, him say what he had to say because he would have never done that to an actor. Like yeah, nobody's gonna be like, oh, that actor wasn't hot enough to play something. And for me, I just thought that was just like, are you serious? Like, what? Uh, have you looked at the mirror recently? Like, you probably, you know, on all that, hot yourself, and she's an amazing actress. So, forget, you know, the fact that you don't think she was, uh, you know, hot enough on the meter of hotness because your meter of, you know, what is attractive is radically different than mine, and vice versa. So, I just want to, you know, put that out there, but. For the person, the, uh, the uh, actor that I believe is uh, in the, you know, going to win, I would have to concur 
with uh, Jeff again that I think Harry Mulligan gave the bravest performance out of uh, all of the act- actors, uh, female actors that are uh, nominated in this category. She, it was a high-wire act, to say the least. She had to navigate between comedy, drama, and tragedy in certain regards. I don't want to give too much away about the film, but I think uh, Jeff, uh, you know, pretty much laid it out there in a, at a, at a very uh, accessible not, you know, uh, giving way, way too much of it uh, away, you know, uh-huh. anti, anti-spoiler uh, away, because uh, this movie is definitely prone to uh, spoilers. So, um, yeah, don't read anything, really, just watch the movie, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. Um, she's, yeah, she's amazing at this film. She has been consistently good, you know, since she uh, debuted about 15 or so years ago now. This is her second Oscar nomination, her first, but she was nominated for an education back in 2009. And, um, you know, ideally, she would uh, take home the prize, but there are a lot of factors playing into that that may or may, you know, she may be spo- spoiled from getting it, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, as to, yeah, so, I, but yeah, I would, I would, you know, if I was casting a vote, if I was a member of the Academy, I just, you know, based on just the the tightrope that she had to walk in that movie, it, yeah, she, uh, Carrie Mulligan deserves it hands down. But who do I think will win? That's a different uh-huh. story altogether. I think that the sentiment riding behind Chadwick may actually benefit Viola Davis quite, quite uh, beautifully in that regard, because she would be, if she wins, she will be the second uh, African-American uh, actress, black actress, to win Best Actress, and the first since Halle Berry uh, achieved that aim back in 2001 when she went for Monsters Ball, becoming the first ever. And so I think there is a huge chance that she is a potential spoiler here, because she just won the Screen Actors Guild Award, and the same people who vote for SAG also vote for the Academy Awards. She wasn't uh, nominated by BAFTA, which is the British Academy Awards, but she was nominated for the Golden Globe. And uh, there, she, uh, she and as well as Carrie, lost out to Andrew Day, who's nominated for the uh, United States versus Billie Holiday. And if mm-hmm. you see that movie, it's such a huge... Um, you know, screen debut. It's on par with a Whoopi Goldberg and the color purple. It's on, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of those things where people are definitely taking notice of her and like, oh yeah, we've got to cast her and other things because she's a phenomenal talent. And if you look at that movie, you look at what Diana Ross and also who was nominated for playing Billie Holiday over 40 years ago, close to 50 years ago now. And Lady Seems the Blues, Andre Day actually more closely resembles um, Billie Holiday she sings more like Billie Holiday. It's truly one of those chameleon-like performances where she just totally disappears into that character. The movie's a mess, but she's fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. But she also is a potential spoiler. But if I had to, you know, say who's going to win, I believe Carrie Mulligan has it. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, I, I would be fairly certain that she has a, a decent chance. But I think one of the spoilers would definitely be uh, Viola or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, because there's so much momentum riding behind that film and behind Chadwick Boseman's performance. And, you know, it would be historical, mm-hmm. history-making. Frances McDormand, uh, she's going to get her as the best picture, I think. And she produced the film as well as starred in it. And, uh, you know, uh, also somebody who's just a phenomenal talent. And um, I think, had she not won for three billboards a few years ago, she would she would be winning for Nomadland. Nomadland, rather. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I can't wait to see the movies. Uh-huh. All right. So next we're going to go to supporting actor. And I actually do not know how to say David's last name, but here are the nominees. David Kaluuya. Okay. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Daniel yeah. Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yes. Okay. 
for Judas and the Black Messiah, Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Rossi for Sound of Metal, and Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago Seven. All right, Mac, let's start with you. Who do you think is mm. going to win, and who would you like to win if they're not the same? Ooh, well, uh, again, uh, just like Chadwick has been sweeping Best Actor posthumously for his performance at My Rainey's Black Bottom, Daniel Kaluuya has been sweeping a lot of the precursor awards for his performances at the late Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah, and rightfully so. He's amazing in that film. I got a chance to see it the uh, weekend it debuted. And it's truly, truly a uh, uh, galvanizing, immersive uh, performance on a uh, controversial figure who is, you know, 50 years after his uh, murder at the hands of the FBI is getting seen in a brand new light by a lot of people who had just written him off as a thug because he was a member of the Black Panther Party. So, and what Daniel Kaluuya does is so mesmerizing in that movie, as well as what Lake Lakeith uh, Stansfield does in the film as the informant, the FBI informant who helps to take him down, that um, I really can't, it's, it's pretty much like a walk in the park as, as Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, and you know it by a mile, and um, and that's certainly not to take anything away from the other nominated performances, but I believe uh, this is a a ripe uh, moment for Daniel uh, after having been previously nominated for Get Out in the Best Actor category. This is his time. It's just one of those things where it's definitely his time, much like it's uh, Chadwick's time. It's just a shame that Chadwick, unlike uh, Daniel, is no longer is not here to self, you know, to take part in it and to uh, relish it. All right, Jeff, what do you think will happen in this category? Daniel Kaluuya will win. He is uh, absolutely riveting in his performance as Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. In it, he portrays a leader of the Illinois Black Panther Party, which J. Edgar Hoover is obsessed with and thinks is an existential threat to humanity. Kaluuya doesn't realize that a man named Bill O'Neill has been tasked with getting close to him as an undercover informant for the FBI, who he himself is trying to avoid a lengthy prison sentence. And... uh, and he's used false credentials in the past to be an FBI agent, so that's how he's gotten into this mess. And he has to comply with what they want, but becomes conflicted after uh, – O'Neill has to, becomes conflicted uh, going against Clue's uh, character. And it's a, it's a decision that he makes that could destroy him in, in the end. But, uh, yeah, it's Daniel Kaluuya for Best Supporting Actor, without a doubt in my mind. That's great. And I'm reading, I'm sorry, I'm reading a script, and it was typed David, so I apologize to Daniel for that. (laughs) He is a great actor. All right, so our final category um, for this is for Supporting Actress. And um, the five nominees are Amanda Seyfried for Mank, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Yoon Yo Jung for Minara and Olivia Coleman for The Father. All right, Jeff. So you do have predictions and preferences in this category. Best Supporting Actress? Yeah. Um, so it's Maria <laughs> Bakalova I've chosen for Best Supporting Actress. And it's um, category is one of the most interesting ones to, to watch this year. You have a Hollywood legend in Glenn Close, but she was the best thing in Hill, Hillbilly Elegy, which is a movie that uh, movie critics and some audience uh, is absolutely despised. I see this category as a race between Olivia Coleman for her gut-wrenching and outstanding performance in The Father and Maria Bakalova. I'm thinking Bakalova, who beat out 600 people for the role, and she portrays a 14-year-old girl whose father is really Borat in disguise, and he's led people to believe 
She has backwards views about the world, self-esteem, and sex that he has taught her. She really is quite vulnerable here because she's the only one besides Baron Cohen who is in on the joke and is being passed off in a rather disgusting manner as a teenage girl he's delivering to Vice President Mike Pence as a gift so as not to be executed in his home country. Now, Bakalova was weary of Cohen at first and the premise for the film, thinking she had auditioned for something that truly didn't exist in reality and that she was going to be led into a human trafficking ring if she went to the U.S., until he convinced her of who he was. She's put into a series of dangerous positions, including the infamous scene with, scene with uh, Rudy Giuliani, and as mm-hmm. Nolan points out, he even had to wear a bulletproof vest himself for a scene, fearing he would get shot. So the situation she finds herself in and has to adapt to require a great deal of comedic uh, timing and vulnerability because she's trying to, to shoot scenes within the um, parameters that he's set for her, as well as dealing with uh, you know, real-life people that are not in on the joke. I, yes, um, yeah, that was craziness. All right, what about you, Max? Yeah, uh, this was her first movie, which, you know, if you look at the film and look at her performance, she would have swore that she had been a veteran for at least 10, 15 years. You know, that, that you know, this was just, uh, you know, in her wheelhouse. And she had just graduated from uh, college prior to being cast in this film. She had the monumentally Herculean task of trying to keep up with Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat, and if you know anything about him, he stays in character. He does not break character. He's a right. character from the time they start to the time they finish, and he can, you know, turn it on and off with uh, relative ease, but when he's on, he's on, and he stays on. You know, if anybody has seen any of his uh, previous work, he commits, like, very few actors in modern times to, like, he is method to the max, and the fact that she was able to make any sort of impression opposite him in that movie you know, uh, you talk about a high wire act, talk about, uh, you know, walking a very tight rope and, and still believing in, in oppression. And the fact that she actually walks off with the movie from Sasha Baron Cohen, that, you know, for those that reason alone, you know, she, she does definitely deserves a serious uh, acclaim and, and uh, in the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. That said, um, I sense a groundswell of support for the uh, Asian actress who plays the grandmother, and uh, Minari. She just won the Screen Actors Guild Award, and as I mentioned, with uh, Chadwick, as well as with Viola uh, 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 beforehand. The, the same people who vote for SAG also vote for uh, the Academy Awards. You know, the actors vote for yeah. actors. So I think she has a very good chance, because in the battle of the on-screen grandmothers, it seems like she's gotten more uh, fire and more momentum behind her than Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. Elegy, rather, and uh, as Jeff was saying, you know, she is by far the best thing in Hill, Hillbilly Elegy. It was just one of those things where the book was problematic, even though it was, uh, you know, well-received and, and, and has its fan, certainly has a fan base. But the movie dropped the ball in, in several regards. But she, like I said, she, she was like the, 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 the bright beacon that, that shines on that, uh, on that uh, unfortunately misguided uh, big screen adaptation um, and if she does win, it, unfortunately, it would be considered rightfully more of a career achievement win than an actual win for the work. If uh, Glenn had actually won for the work, she would have won years ago for her first uh, nomination for Best Supporting Actress in the World Supporting the Girl. Because if anybody had seen uh-huh. that movie, her, her opposite, uh, Robin Williams, she was amazing in that movie. And it was her first film. 
and she, uh, in in um, uh, several ways, she and John Lithgow walked off with that movie, and that's hard to walk off with a movie starring Robert Williams and featuring other great actors like Susie Kurtz and Mary uh, Beth Hurt, among others. And the fact that you know she she and John Lithgow, you know, just catapulted uh, in that movie and and has you know gone on to do so many great things since then is a testament to both of them, particularly Glenn. And um, so if I had to choose somebody who deserves uh, this particular award for, you know, actual merit and performance, Maria Bakalova for uh, the Borat sequel. And um, who could possibly win this? It's uh, uh, the grandmother from Minari, whose name I don't want to butcher, so I'll just call her the, the woman who played the grandmother of Minari. And, I, uh, I already and, butchered it. Sorry about that. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it properly, and I'm, yeah, I've got a pet peeve no. about mispronouncing people's names. So I just, yeah, yeah just the, the Asian lady who played the grandmother in Minari. I think she's the possible spoiler. All right. Yep. I have. Um, yeah, I'm not really great with names, and this has just been the worst ever. So I apologize to everybody listening. I am not the greatest <laughs> with names, and these have been really difficult for me. I do apologize. <laughs> oh yeah, yay. So let's go into the best picture category. Um, there's eight nominees, and here are the titles. Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Father, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So, Mac, um, if you'll give us a prediction about that, and then who you think will win, who you would like to see win, and, like, and your favorite out of them all, because sometimes I know maybe your favorite movie isn't the one that's going to win, or you would, you know, it's yeah. be different. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's the uh, you know eternal conundrum about award shows. Like, yeah, you, you could love all of them, but there's always going to be one or two that you were just blown away by that may or may not may not even have been in the running for best picture. You know, they'll be nominated yep. in other categories, or they'll be completely overlooked. You know, altogether. You'd be like, how did that happen? But um, of these eight. I think the race is going to come down between Minari and Nomadland um, for, you know, different different reasons. But it seems that the momentum is squarely behind Nomadland, uh, Chloe Zhao's, uh, Chloe Zhao's uh, film about uh, basically escaping into the American uh, Southwest, you know, and, and really trying to make heads or tails about uh, how people can essentially achieve the American dream and still have it ripped away from them and in oh so many different ways. Frances McDormand is uh, a great, as usual, is the, uh, uh-huh. the lead uh, character in the film Fern, who, a woman who loses her husband and decides to just, uh, you know, leave everything behind and, and, and live, live like a nomad, uh, you know, at different places, uh, at different points across the oh, American yeah. Southwest. And, you know, it's a beautiful performance. It's not something that we have readily come to expect from her because uh, it's a very quiet, very internal performance. But, you know, she is such a, uh, a skilled actor, such a, uh, an amazing talent that she manages to completely strip away whatever artifice somebody else may have brought to that part and really inhabit this character. She basically blends in with the real-life nomads that you see on screen, which, you know, a, a star of her caliber, that's, that's, that's a pretty impressive feat because pretty much anybody else, you would have been like, why is, you know, Meryl Streep playing a nomad? You know, something like that. You know, the, the, the fact that you buy her completely in this, in this milieu, in this world, is truly a testament to her uh, chameleon-like work as, a, uh, as an actor. 
She also produced the movie. And I think that uh, even though Best Actress, she comes up a little short based on the competition that she's up against, as great as she is, I think that she's going to get her due for Best Picture of being one of the film's uh, five or six producers, if I'm not mistaken, along with the uh, writer and director, Chloe Zhao. So, Manomad uh, Land, and I think that Minari has the potential to be a spoiler, but I think the momentum is fully behind Nomad Land. All right. Well, do you agree with Mac, Jeff? Actually, I'm cho- choosing Trial of the uh, Chicago Seven because the uh, I think the Best Picture race got turned on its head uh, on Sunday when the mm-hmm. Screen Actors Guild Award gave it to Trial of the Chicago Seven. And usually, when they crown a, a, a film, uh, you know, with the same uh, uh, weight as Best Picture, uh, a winner, that's usually what wins. I mean, the momentum was behind Nomadland, but uh, it was not, it's a good movie, uh, interesting topic, but to me it was not brilliant, courageous, or bold, uh, such as Sound of Metal, The Father, Promising Young Woman. And when you think about it, Trial of the Chicago 7 is about uh, courageous people, seven of them who uh, protested the Democratic National Convention in Chicago in 1968, and they were charged with trying to incite a, a riot because of it, and now they're put on trial with a judge that uh, really has no qualification to be behind the bench and is heavily biased to them um, in the, the prosecution's case against them. And uh, they're up against him, and one of them can't even get uh, his lawyer in on the trial because the lawyer's sick and the uh, judge is trying to replace him with somebody else. So it, it's really uh, an, an interesting film, and I really enjoyed Frank Langella as the uh, judge, Julius Hoffman, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, he's just in, insane. I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, he, he's someone that uh, really should not have been trying the case. And you, you see what goes on in that uh, movie. It's uh, it's really something, and I, I do think it uh, will win. And if it doesn't, uh, I would prefer a promising young woman because of how uh, how bold a film that was and the performance by uh, Carrie Mulligan. I mean, it, it's really something. You have to see that movie. I will for sure on my list right now <laughs> all right so we're gonna yep we're gonna move into the oh wait i did want to um ask mac did you see the trial of chicago seven yes yes it, it okay. is a truly truly great uh achievement in terms of screenwriting and acting but that's that's why i uh you know pitched it over to nomadland from a uh a writing standpoint and certainly from a performance standpoint you know across the board great very much like um, uh, Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which unfortunately is not nominated. Great achievement from a writing and an acting perspective, but was it quite your know, best picture worthy? Not, not, not in this bunch, I think. Yeah, not in this bunch, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I certainly concur that uh, you know anybody who chooses Trial of Chicago Seven certainly, you know, has my utmost respect. And again, yeah, it's, it's a truly great movie, and I think had it been nominated. You know, and uh, and uh, pretty much any other year probably would have been a, a solid, probably would have been like, oh yeah, it's definitely gonna win. But I think it was kind of, you know, it's one of those movies where it's um, there was just other films that got more more attention, you know, and that might have something to do with the fact that everything's been pretty much streamed as of late. I'm not really, you know, quite sure why that's the case, but uh, yeah, it is a truly great movie. Uh, and, you know, people will be talking about it for years. I know that. There's, there's no doubt about that. People will be watching it, you know, just obsessing over the performances and obsessing over the uh, script, mm-hmm. which you would think would be enough, but I mean, it, not all the time. 
Right. You know what I, I think? I'm just going to interrupt before we go to the last category. I think what's happened, it, okay, it's just as, uh, from a person who watches movies, because I'm not a critic like you guys, but just from a person who watches movies, what has happened this year with streaming is that there's no big blockbuster that we need to see on the screen, on the big screen. Do you see what I mean? So I can take mm-hmm. my time to really appreciate the acting and the writing. You know, it's just not, it doesn't have to be so cinematic to take my breath away. I'm looking for that more subtle acting and writing as a person watching the movie anyways. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that might've made some of a difference, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll just get to the best director. Try the names. There's five nominees. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. David Fincher for Mank. Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. And Thomas Venterberg for Another Round. All right, so Jeff, which nominee would you like to see win, and which do you predict to win? I predict Chloe Zell to win. Um, InStyle Magazine put it best that she is a pioneer and true trailblazer because she has made history with Nomadland by being the first female director of Asian descent to capture a Golden Globe for Best Director. Now, the magazine references a quote from her in an interview with IndieWire where she stated that I have to be in love with my subject matter and want to learn more about it. Someone once said to me that passion doesn't sustain, but curiosity does. I have to be excited by the little things I discover along the way. And she said that they sometimes feel like people with so much hate. Maybe they just hate themselves when she's speaking about the Asian violence here. And I, I think an understanding and try to see the world from the other person's perspective is the only way we can survive as a species. And I think a lot of great people have been doing incredible work in the community to raise awareness. So again, for her, it's about compassion and uh, looking into each other's eyes and seeing the, the other person in their point of, point of view. I think she's going to win for, uh, for Nomadland because uh, she's been um, consistently the, uh, the front runner for this. Okay. All right, Mac, what's your prediction and preference in this category? Yeah, uh, again, uh, Chloe Zhao, I could totally think her. She has uh, won a lot of the Precursor Awards, and the fact that she is just the second uh, woman to win the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Director is insane because uh, Barbara right. Streisand ha- has the distinction of having won it in 1983 for her, um, I believe it was her film, the filmmaking debut as a director. It was Gintel, it was. It was her filmmaking uh, debut, and she won. And the fact that it took almost 40 years for another woman to achieve that is kind of mind-boggling considering Catherine Bigelow uh, was the first uh, woman to win Best uh, Director at the Academy Awards a little over a decade ago for The Hurt Locker. You would have thought that she would have also won the uh, precursor Golden Globe, but uh, for whatever, whatever reason she didn't, she did win this uh, Director's Guild of America Award, and I believe um, – Chloe as well. Uh, um, I forgot whether or not the GGA has happened yet, <laughs> but uh, if she if it hasn't, she she will um, more than likely take that as well. Um, so yes, Chloe's out for uh, Nomadland for a, a variety of reasons, but most importantly because she's the most deserving of this crop of uh, nominees. And uh, you know, in terms of uh, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, I think she has an extraordinarily good chance of getting the best original screenplay Academy Award, and that'll be a way. Of awarding both of these uh, up-and-coming, uh, trailblazing female directors. All right. Well, that's so great, you guys. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you want to add, Jeff? While we have you on, we have about three or four more minutes. Um, do you want to tell anybody where we can read your stuff or or um, hear anything that you have to say? Are you on the air anywhere? Just go ahead and 
let me know where we can find you. Well, you can find me on uh, RottenTomatoes.com. My reviews are there if you put my name into the uh, search bar. Uh, my name is spelled G-E-O-F-F, and mm-hmm. uh, Roberts is the last name, of course. And if you search there, you'll find all my reviews that I've done for uh, for Real Talk. Um, you can find my reviews on their site, too, RealTalkReviews.com. And, uh, yeah, that's more or less uh, where you'll be able to find me. Uh, I did want to point out that I really liked uh, Soul, which is uh, nominated in the Best Animated Feature category. It's about a jazz musician who uh, goes on an audition for this uh, full-time gig that he really wants, but he gets distracted on the way back and falls through a, a manhole and winds up in a, in the an area called the Great Beyond, which is where he's unwilling to die, and then then he ends up in the Great Before, where he's got a mentor, uh, this uh, rambunctious soul named uh, 22, who does not want to go down to Earth in the body of, mm-hmm. of anyone, and he has to get her to... Uh, find her creative spark and, you know, get all the badges uh, that she's supposed to get so she can go to Earth and he can get to where he wants to to be as well. And I think it's a really great film and uh, something that uh, people should really go and and watch now. I'm so glad you brought it up because, like, the minute you mentioned it, all I could do is smile because it was such a great film. I really Mm -hmm. loved it. Thank Mm -hmm. you for mentioning that. What about you, Mac? Did you like Soul? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those things where you know Pixar does it again. Pixar has pretty been been pretty consistent over the years. It's just you know making these movies that just kind of seemingly come out of nowhere. And, you know, you know, uh, especially this past year where you know people were just you know hankering and hungry for something imaginative and original, and and unlike anything they had seen before. And the fact that they Disney and Pixar made a movie about jazz that just kind of, you know, just took everybody on this magical ride into that musical genre, which not a lot of people know nearly enough about, including me. I'll you know, be the first one to admit that. It was it was one of those things where after seeing the movie and listening to the music, I started listening to the soundtrack, and uh, and I think they have a very good chance of winning uh, the Oscar for Best Original Score, the, uh, the three uh, composers behind the score. And it's just it's it's one of those movies very much like uh, Ratatouille before it and up before you know uh, uh, as well, where you you take this this uh, this movie that doesn't shouldn't work, it shouldn't work it really shouldn't work. You were like no this shouldn't work like no who's gonna be interested in this? And now you know it's gonna be a classic for years to come. And I'm just so thrilled that so many kids, as well as kids at heart, are gonna be able to watch it for you know anytime they want from here on out. So it's great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you so much for bringing that up. All right, so, Mac, where can we find you and listen to you and read you? Well, I haven't really been writing uh, much film criticism uh, as of late. You know, you know they kind of fallen off in uh, recent years, but I've been doing a lot of stage work, and I was recently uh, found out I've been cast in a, another show. So if you happen to be in the Milwaukee area, you can come see me at Waukesha Civic Theater this June, June 4th through the 20th, and the Laramie Project. A project that I'm uh, quite uh, excited to be a part of. I just found out on Easter, ironically enough, that I've been casting that. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can uh, yeah. you know uh, uh, watch me on Facebook. You know, send me a friend request if you so choose, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. do a lot of writing on there. And I would like you know love to get back into um, more, you know uh, film writing and film criticism again. It's just finding the right spot and finding the, you know finding the time to do it. But yeah, I'm certainly open to that idea. And uh, and I still love movies. I still watch them all the time. And even though 2020 was the strangest of years, it was really mm-hmm. great to get a chance to get caught up on things that were coming out on streaming, as well as to get caught up on things that I hadn't seen previously. Previously, rather, 
And uh, like Helen Beard said on the, the Screen Actors Guild Awards this past uh, Sunday, I can't wait to be able to get back to the movies and actually take movies in on the big screen again because there's nothing like it. I can't wait either. I can't wait. Well, you know what? Our time is almost up. Thank you guys so much, Mac and Jeff, for being terrific guests today. Thanks also to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to all our listeners. And a big shout-out to Nancy Lombardo and Angela Drake for supporting our show on their own radio shows. Nancy's the host of What's the Buzz right here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And Angela hosts a variety of shows on 502 Fallen Angel Radio. And remember to watch the televised Academy Awards on Sunday, April 25th. So that's all for now. I just want to thank you guys so much for just being here. And thank you, Betty Jo, for putting everything together. Movies are just happiness, pure happiness. And I really appreciate you guys. That's all for now. Hallelujah.